The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Well, Hoopball Lakers Nation, it has certainly been a fast and furious start to the offseason, to say the very least. Free agency is live and underway. The Lakers have made a major, major Russell Westbrook-sized reconstruction and addition to this team. And it appears like you have to be a former Laker in order for the Lakers to bring you aboard this offseason, JC. I mean, what a way to start free agency. We know NBA free agency is always crazy, but this feels like as crazy as it's ever been. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some things have been interesting. The the lack of action with some players has been interesting to see with the Knicks. The more things change, the more they stay the same. They have all this money, and they didn't do a whole lot with it. Um, yeah, there's there's been interesting things to see. We are going to get into everything and anything that has transpired. I got some thoughts on the Knicks as well, but we would be doing a disservice to our listeners, to the fan base, and to the Lake Show if we, of course, did not start with the Lakers. And, if, and the headline news, JC, is that Alex Caruso is gone, man. Four years, $37 million, signing with the Chicago Bulls on the same day that the Bulls sign and trade for Lonzo Ball, giving him a four-year $85 million contract. Did we think Caruso was going to stay? I know we talked about on our last episode, JC, that you know if, if the Lakers could keep him for around $10 million a year, that might have been a worthy endeavor. That said, that was just prior to the Lakers acquiring Russell Westbrook and now having three of the highest paid players in the league. So I think this was kind of writing on the wall when Russell Westbrook was added to the Lakers. And at $37 million, good for Caruso. Yeah, I think I said I said last time, um, you know, you put him on another team, he's going to be a shell of himself when he doesn't play against LeBron. And I feel bad for saying that now because obviously I hope, hope you know, wish him the best in Chicago and I hope he does really well. Um, yeah, with the addition of Russell Westbrook, it seems as though the focus does need to be on three-point shooting. And as much as we love his defense and as at times he's been a really good three-point shooter, he's a little, a little inconsistent and his accuracy from – Week to week, month to month can range from one one month he'll be a 40% three-point shooter and the next month he'll be an 18% three-point shooter. And need a little bit more consistency out of that if, um, if he's going to get minutes on, on this team the way they're reshaping their philosophy. We are going to get into Russell Westbrook extraordinaire hour after we go through the Lakers free agent edition so far, JC. I will agree with you, and that was a great tease into that, that the Lakers need to prioritize shooting. And with two of their three recent additions, it seems like they may be trying to do that. Trevor Ariza is more D than three at this point. 
But what a story for him to return to the Lakers at this stage of his career. You know, JC, I got a buddy who's, you know, he's sort of a pseudo sports fan. He, he likes the Lakers. He likes the Dodgers. He likes the hometown teams. But he's never been a real hype sports fan. And when we shared the news that Ariza was coming home today in our group text, his response was, oh, Ariza. Isa is still playing? Question mark, exclamation point. And it's really it's really a testament to Trevor's career, man. I mean, talk about a guy who has just persevered and sort of found his role in this league. And, you know, he's a guy I think that you championed for prior. Obviously, it didn't wind up working out prior. But now he returns to the Lakers after so much time apart. And then Kent Bazemore, again, added to the Lakers roster after several years away and it sounds like Kent Bazemore actually turned down more money and more years from the Warriors in order to come back to the Lakers and sort of bet on himself. Now, JC, do you think either of those guys, who, who plays a bigger role than the other? And of course, of course, I would be remiss if, it, if I did not mention Dwight Howard returning to the Lakers for now a third time. Yeah, I think I – think, um... Trevor Ariza, and yeah, it's it's about a season too late. I, I thought last season when he was traded to Oklahoma City and their obvious rebuild, uh, the obvious thing for him was going to be to be bought out and easy buyout candidate for the Lakers at a veteran minimum uh, because he's a 3 and D guy. And so it's, it's a little bit later than I thought it would happen. But yeah, I think he's going to be more situational. And he's probably maybe a little more versatile than, than Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris is a little situational too, but he was a, a good stretch for, whereas the situation with Trevor Ariza now is going to be, he's going to be kind of your, your guard on the wings uh, for defense. And so that's sort of where I see him. Um, the Ken Bazemore thing is really interesting. A lot of people were kind of souring on that deal. I, and, and I looked it up in basketball reference. And since he he's 31 now, from the age of 27, his minutes haven't really diminished, but his points have, and that's really because his role has diminished. And after he was a really a really great star for Atlanta before they decided to rebuild and focus on, before they, they lucked into Trey Young, he was a, a great piece of that team. And they decided to rebuild, and he wasn't a part of that, and he was then the old vet on some young teams the exception of that being last season, I don't know why he didn't get more minutes with Golden State, but they were kind of a young season two in that weird season with Clay, Clay Thompson uh, being injured. So, yeah, I think people who don't know or maybe have forgotten, Kent Bazemore played a huge role in a really successful Atlanta team. And so I do think the opportunity for him to surprise people, some people in a Laker uniform is there. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I do too. And of course, JC, I failed to include Wayne Ellington coming back to the Lakers once again in that initial mix. My apologies to Mr. Ellington. I just got so excited between the Dwight, between the Ariza, between the Baysmore. Of course, towel waiver extraordinaire, but has become much more known for his play on the court at this point. 
Ellington's a guy who will really help this backcourt, JC, I think, in terms of shooting the basketball. At worst, he is equivalent to what KCP was from behind the arc, although Ellington is obviously a little longer in the tooth when it comes to his age and where he is in his career. It seems like the Lakers are being very purposeful in loading up on veterans. And as of this time, as we're recording this, Carmelo Anthony is deciding between the Lakers and Knicks as well here. I'm curious what the Lakers are planning to do, because to me, besides the guys that they brought in, right? I mean, look, Dwight, I don't want to say was predictable, but basically he should have been back last year. Okay, he should have never left L.A. for the second time. You could argue he shouldn't have left L.A. the first time. I think a lot of us did at the time, myself included. That all said, JC, I think Ellington is a guy who comes in and helps his team. Ariza, like I said, more known for D than three at this point in his career, but I think can still be a useful player, even though he's a little bit of an elder statesman. But it feels like the Lakers are still working on another bigger piece here. And Dennis Schroeder remains obviously unsigned. There has been a lot of sign and trade chatter around his name, still potentially a pathway to Buddy Heald here. And then the Kings maybe flip Schroeder in a three-team trade because that wouldn't make a lot of sense with Halliburton and Fox there already. So I'm curious if you think Buddy Heald is still to play. Is this a DeMar DeRozan situation? Maybe a sign and trade there with Dennis Schroeder? San Antonio certainly been making some fascinating moves today, giving more than $60 million to Doug McDermott and Zach Collins. So what's your take on the Lakers' sort of next move here? Because before we get into Russell Westbrook, this Lakers team, as a result of the Westbrook acquisition, really has to be built a certain way here, especially if they're going to take advantage of what LeBron and AD can do really well together and what they can do really well separately. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a major philosophical change, like I talked about earlier. The, the team that ranked third in defensive efficiency last season, that's not going to be the case this year. But I think there's a case to be made. If you're successful enough offense, you don't necessarily need to be a lights out defense the way I mean, look at look at Brooklyn Brooklyn in the playoffs decided to play defense a little bit better in the regular season when they wanted to and so if any team if any player can manage a team that knows how to flip a switch when the time comes it's, it's LeBron James and so in that sense yeah I think I think the Lakers are kind of building that sort of team they might be a little frustrating to watch in the regular season may not necessarily know whose minutes are going to come where, kind of like last season, but I do think that their ability to flip a switch is greater than last season's. It's really interesting, like you point out, that they're going to undergo a philosophical switch in how they play the game of basketball and what they're going to have to do. This is now the third straight season in which this Lakers team will do that. And this is the sort of perfect segue into getting the, into getting into the Russell Westbrook acquisition as it was all happening, JC, you know, you and I were texting and I said, oh, I'm at, a, I'm at a reading with my students. We're literally in the middle of a bookstore. And I was just sort of, there was so much going through my brain that it was hard to process at the time. This was obviously in the hours leading up to the NBA draft. And look, when it comes to asset allocation, you're talking about $44 million for Russell Westbrook or $37 million for KCP, for Kuzma, for Trez. And then the money you have to pay the first round pick as well. So it basically offsets itself, right? The, yes. the acquisition cost in this case, I feel, was more than reasonable. And I'm not trying to just poo-poo those guys out the door. 
Kuzma is an imperfect player like so many guys are, whether they're at the NBA level or any other. But particularly, you know, at the professional level is where we see it, right? There are guys who don't do everything well. And it, when I say imperfect player, it's not a knock. It's just the reality, right? If you're, if you're building a player from scratch, he does everything at the NBA level. I think Kuzma will have success in D.C., and I'm super appreciative of his time with the Lakers because he played a multitude of roles. Mostly played good soldier about it, although it feels like he got a little sour toward the end. And to be honest, I think both sides knew they'd sort of be better off without each other. It's the relationship that reaches its natural course. Not everything is designed to last forever. When you sort of draft and develop, you always get that extra attachment, sometimes as an organization, but more often as a fan. And I think that's what you see with Alex Caruso, obviously a good example of that. But Kuzma, too. And, and the same goes, you know, for, for KCP, even though he wasn't drafted by the Lakers, he spent a considerable amount of time with the Lakers. He always played good soldier, for lack of a better way to say it. And, you know, for, for the most part, he played the role that we pretty much had expected. And his contract situations were a little weird. But ultimately, I feel like he was more or less fairly compensated, especially for what he brought to the team. And Trez, you know, I think he's a player nobody expected to be available last offseason. The Lakers give it a shot. And unfortunately, it didn't quite work out the way that the team had anticipated, especially toward the end. And so, you know, you thank him for what he did, too. But Russell Westbrook being added to this team, like I said to one of my buddies, at worst, and this guy is is sort of a notorious Westbrook critic, I said at worst. He is a much improved Dennis Schroeder, especially down downhill in the pick and roll. At worst, JC, right? Yeah, and and a thought also occurred to me today that I, I, I haven't really haven't really seen anybody talk about, but there is the chance that Russell Westbrook could pull off the CP3 and just decline next year's forty-seven million dollar and stretch that out, you know, a few more years to to be a more friendly, the smaller, more friendly cap hit. And, 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 you know, that's that's certainly a possibility. And obviously LeBron and A.D. and Westbrook had a conversation about playing together. The Lakers organization, Rob Palenka, they don't do this without getting those guys involved. I mean, I mean, give me a break when it comes to that sort of thing, you know. So this was obviously clearly meditate, clearly premeditated, clearly preplanned. And, you know, shortly after, I mean, the news still isn't officially official, but shortly after it was basically official. You know, LeBron is out there posting a picture of himself and, and Westbrook and AD on Instagram. So he's clearly embracing the area, the era, excuse me. And I'm curious to see what comes of it. I think Westbrook on this team playing with LeBron, playing with AD, will play a version of basketball that we may have not seen from him in some period of time. And at minimum, I think we can always count on him to be fully engaged on a team that is led by LeBron. That is such an important factor in this matrix that I can't understate it. So if the Lakers can now sit here and find a way to acquire a player who is capable of helping them from behind the three-point line, a.k.a. Buddy Heald, that would be sort of, you would think that's like the the home run style edition at this point in the free agent process. Yeah. If they can still find an, an avenue to make that happen, which it sounds like is possible, then yeah, that's definitely going to be the home run move, you know, aside from, from Russell Westbrook himself. And, and, and yeah, to echo your point, he is to compare him and Schroeder. Yeah. He's going to be a much better passer. He's going to rack up more rebounds and assists than Schroeder. And he's probably not as good a three point shooter, but, but neither was Dennis Schroeder. And so that's, probably going to be kind of a wash there and 
yeah, I think I think the idea was just to to offset playmaking duties. I think there's going to be times where LeBron will be the playmaker and and Russell will be playing off the ball, which is what Schroeder did, and um, you know vice versa. And in that scenario, uh, off the ball, you'd much rather have Russell Westbrook, who's an elite cutter. Um, and who's somebody who can play at the rim above the rim. So, yeah, I think uh, that's a great point. And I think, you know, despite Dennis Schroeder's speed, I think it's something we didn't see him use enough. Like there were certain games in which he was all about the speed. He used it defensively. He used it offensively, really to the advantage of himself at the expense of the opponent. But then there were other games in which he just sort of Cadillac it, for lack of a better way to say it. And he didn't use it as much as I would like to see. I know we're not going to have that problem with Russell Westbrook. And JC, I think this team would benefit from playing a little bit faster pace. I think that's, you know, when they can get out and run, and I know LeBron is not a spring chicken, okay, but he still gets out and runs. AD is capable of getting up and down the floor. I think they put a lot of pressure on teams. If you've got a three-on-two fast break with those three guys staring at you in the face, that's a lot of pressure to put on a team. So to me, this also gives them the opportunity, the Westbrook acquisition, of course, to, to never have one of those guys off the court, right? If they're all three healthy, they're all available. Of course, they're all going to be in the starting lineup. But outside of that, there's going to be two of the three on the court at some times. There might be one of the three on the court at some times. And this allows the Lakers to always have a guy out there. And that's a situation that we really saw them struggle with last year. And it put an unbelievable burden on AD and LeBron as a result. And if you want to attribute part of that extended responsibility and playing time to why those guys dealt with injuries, I think there might be a correlation. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said too. If, um, as you know, LeBron's getting up there in years, if he, and he saw it a little bit last year, if he maybe might extend some of the minutes he plays with the second unit, or even if Russell Westbrook does that, that's only going to serve to help the second unit much more. I mean, it's really crazy to think about how some people view Russell Westbrook. This is a, a generational type of talent. And, and again, an imperfect player, right? Like he, he is very capable of going 20, 12, and 10 while shooting 5 of 19 from the field with its 6 to 8 turnovers. I mean, he is just really a chaotic player. Now, I don't think he's going to have a role offensively that's larger than LeBron's, that's larger than AD's. He may take more shots than AD some nights, although I really hope that does not happen. And he may take more shots than LeBron on some nights because LeBron may be playing more role of the playmaker. But at the end of the day, JC, this Lakers team added a dynamic perennial all-star triple-double, I mean, literally Mr. Triple-Double averages a triple-double, and people are like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Okay, bro, in the NBA, it's kind of a big deal. Like, I'm not going to sit here and break it down in terms of the analytics and all of that, but just to speak from person to person, like, it is quite literally video game numbers that this guy does. And so to sit here and denigrate that and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, but, you know, it's just this idea that, we, we strive to create this image of these of these perfect models, but we all sit here societally and say we got to celebrate more of the imperfect more often. So I'm here to celebrate Russell Westbrook. Yeah, 
he's an imperfect fit. But he's a brilliant fit. The Lakers had no business being in the superstar running for anyone this offseason because of their contractual situation with LeBron and AD. And instead, what have they done? They've added Russell Westbrook. They've given AD a potential running mate for the future in the post-LeBron era, whenever that may come. And they've given themselves a new path and renewed emphasis on winning a championship and, again, maximizing the time that LeBron is here. So at the cost of what the Lakers paid, to say the very least, this was a great move, okay? They've, uh, they've added four free agents on day one. It sounds like Carmelo Anthony could be on the way, although that's probably a complicated decision with the Knicks showing interest, like we were saying earlier. But this Lakers team is taking shape, and, and I think this is one. If you read the things that, that you know they were sort of talking about with Westbrook prior to this happening, about LeBron playing more of the four and AD at the five— I think some of these moves support that. Of course, Dwight Howard is going to play his minutes at the five, but we know Dwight Howard's not going to play 25 minutes a game. He's going to play, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game. And I think Marcus Gasol could be on this team next year, but I'm not going to sit here and guarantee it, JC. Yeah, the center position is is going to be interesting because I do think Dwight will will find a role in He'll find a more useful role than he did in Philadelphia to be where he was just Joel Embiid's backup. Here he can be, you know, the backup center to Anthony Davis. He can start at times too. Um, he played really well with LeBron James in their championship year, and so yeah, I think there's more opportunity for him to be more impactful than than he was in Philly. Oh, for sure. There's no question about it. Like like I said, I don't think he should have ever left the Lakers, especially the second time around. That said, JC, the action was hot and heavy all around the league today. As we sit here and record, it's still going on. And I have to get your opinion. I mean, I think we're going to start with the Knicks a little bit here. So we're going to take you on a quick run around the league here before we come back to the Lakers ultimately. JC, we go on a whip around around the league. You alluded to the Knicks earlier. Is that the team whose spending was most surprising to you today. Nerlens Noel, more than $30 million. Evan Fournier, almost $80 million. Derrick Rose gets more than $40 million. Alec Burks gets $30 million. It feels like a lot of money for a fifth-place team. Yeah, Nerlens Noel is, is a puzzling one because he, for as many minutes as he played on a near-vet minimum last year, now all of a sudden you're going to pay him $10-plus million a year because um, I don't think he's going to start for, for New York. And then... Derek Rose probably his number is about right. I think it was three years, something in the forty forty some odd million at his age. Forty right. Actually surprised yeah. he didn't get a little more. Yeah. That's it's yeah, that's probably about where he is. He probably could have gotten a little bit more. Um yeah, Evan Fournier is the one that people surprised were surprised by, especially there were reports that DeMar DeRozan had had mutual interest in the Knicks. And so if you're gonna give that that amount of money or maybe even more and your choice is Evan Fournier or DeMar DeRozan, I probably would have chosen DeMar. I, I'm not the biggest fan of, of Evan Fournier. I know, look, he's, he's a solid player, right? I mean, look, I, it's just – sometimes there are guys who just don't jibe, jibe with what you want, right? And that's, that's kind of how he is to me. I, I don't know, man. Over $100 million for Fournier and, and Alec Burks. It just feels like that money could have been better spent elsewhere. So – it, it was kind of puzzling for me as to what the Knicks did, especially because, you know, Mitchell Robinson is still in the picture in New York as well. Talk about Nerlens Noel's deal. So, you know, we'll see how it shakes out for them. But that, that was a bit of a surprise to me, to say the least, as well. The day started off, J.C., Steph Curry, four-year, $215 million. 
million dollar extension. Luka Doncic, you know, coming through with his five year, two hundred million dollar extension. I know it seems like monopoly money to me, so I'm not even going to sit here and analyze it. I mean, I, those moves, those are the types of moves that we know are predictable. Okay, so Noel was actually actually our our first move of free agency today. The one that's most intriguing to me happened basically right after, maybe even simultaneously. And that's Lonzo Ball to Chicago. Four years, $85 million, right? And, and, of course, the Bulls also picking up Caruso, like we were talking about earlier. The Bulls now have a backcourt of Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine, we think, although Zach Levine's been talking about respect and the Bulls needing to pay his money. So the Bulls now are looking at sort of a core of Lonzo, Levine, and Vucevic. What are they building there? And is Lowry marketing? feels like Lowry Markin is probably on his way out the door. Yeah, I mean, some people think that that might end up being the destination for DeMar. It's still, you know, what he's doing, it's oddly quiet on his end, what, what he's doing. And so if that ends up being what the Bulls finish doing, it could be an intriguing team. They could, uh, if, you know, I don't necessarily see the Knicks repeating what they did last season. Um, they They might still be a playoff team. I don't necessarily see them being better and so you might see the bulls could sort of elevate and and take that spot i am very curious to watch lonzo in chicago it felt like new orleans made the decision to move on from lonzo a while ago i think they wanted to put a little more shooting around although lonzo's three-point shot was starting to improve i felt like i don't know man it just it feels weird how quickly the pelicans felt like they were ready to move on so fascinating to me i, I kind of dig the fit in chicago i think it'll be a good stage for him i hope he has success yeah we'll i'm six- curious what, what what's going to end up happening in new orleans like this is for for you know seasons beyond but um you know two head two head coaches in two years for david griffin uh it doesn't seem like zion's really happy with the development there um rookies typically don't turn down their max extension because if you're like an all nba all rookie or all nba player like Luca, like Trey Young, your rookie max extension is like $200 million, which is way more than any other team can offer. And rookie, rookies just don't turn that down. But Zion might. <laughs> he, he just might not be happy there. Uh, we will see. There's a lot of pressure in New Orleans, that's for sure. And then they gave uh, a considerable amount of money, almost $50 million to Devontae Graham. And, you know, he's a guy who certainly can uh, score the basketball, but he's a guy who's a volume shooter. And even though he can get hot from behind the three-point line, He's often not from anywhere else. Yeah, he's he was up and down in Charlotte last season, so yeah. Well, we'll see how it all works out for the Pelicans. David Griffin, you're certainly on deck. We saw Will Barton become a $16 million a year player, JC. Mike Conley comes back to the Utah Jazz, a move that we all knew was going to happen. Tim Hardaway, $18 million dollars a year to stay with the Mavericks that one felt like a little bit rich to me but I can certainly understand the perspective especially because that's exactly the contract that Kent Bazemore signed post Lakers run the first time around Jimmy Butler the Heat got great news today when Jimmy Butler agreed to sign a five-year maximum extension and the team acquires Kyle Lowry in a sign and trade three years 90 million they also gave $90 million, J.C., to Duncan Robinson, the most amount of money ever for an undrafted player. What do we think about what the Heat are doing? Lowry and Butler and then Duncan Robinson, I'd love to get your thoughts because, man, if I got a kid who's serious about an NBA career, 
boy, you better shoot that three-pointer like nobody's business. Yeah, teach him to pitch a baseball or teach him to shoot a basketball. Uh, yeah, you're also missing uh, – Miami also signed P.J. Tucker, which is – Oh, my goodness, that's right. Also, <laughs> P.J. Tucker late in the game. I mean, I know Andre Iguodala is going to be leaving that door. I know Trevor Ariza is no longer around, but, man, the Heat, the Heat got better today. Yeah, the Heat got way better, and don't be surprised if they uh, – he had a bad season last season, but there's going to be some value for Tyler Hero to be found, and don't be surprised if Pat uh, Pat Riley can mine some gold out of uh, out of Tyler Hero somewhere. I am very curious about the Hero piece because, you know, for a while we heard Miami as a potential Ben Simmons destination. I think this quite obviously takes them out of that mix that doesn't – wouldn't seem to make a lot of sense, but I've, I guess we've seen weirder things happen. Maybe that helps to offset Lowry size, but I don't think it's going to happen at this point. Nonetheless, the Heat get a lot better. The Sixers are still left looking for answers. Quiet day for them. The Cavs have made Jarrett Allen their big man of the future, despite drafting a big man early as well. Jarrett Allen, five years and $100 million to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then, of course, JC, of course, the Pistons giving Kelly Olenek three years and $37 million. Explain to me why that happened. <laughs> the, I mean, the Pistons are, they're going to be the bottom rung of this league for a while. And so I feel like they need to, it's sort of, I don't know. It's a move that needs to be made, I guess. If they, they need a center who is capable, who can stretch the floor. That's certainly Olenek. When he was traded to Houston, he played really well for Houston. And so, yeah, I could see how he played himself into that contract somewhere. And if it was going to be somewhere, it was going to be Detroit. Campaign sticks around with the Suns, three years, $19 million. TJ McConnell stays with the Pacers, three years, excuse me, four years, $35 million. The Alex Caruso special, if you will. Torrey Craig heads to the Pacers for two years and $10 million. We talked about Duncan Robinson, but then the news came out right after his $90 million that Chris Paul stays with the Phoenix Suns, four-year deal up to $120 million. We knew CP3 was going back to the desert, JC. I don't think that caught anyone by surprise, especially with the finals run that they had. So it feels like he's going to finish his career alongside Devin Booker. That is pretty cool. Great news for the Western Conference, going to stay very competitive. I talked about the Spurs, JC, before. Doug McDermott, three years at $42 million. They also bring in the oft-injured Zach Collins. I think two years, $22 million, something like that. Maybe three years. Three years, $22 million. So about $7.5 million a year there, $7.3 million a year. So between Collins and McDermott spending more than $20 million a year, your take on that? Because I know Popovich is, is, doesn't do anything by mistake. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's those are the kinds of players that they like. They It's similar to, you know, Matt Bonner was a, a, a big who could shoot. Um, and that's sort of what you're looking at with, with McDermott, although he's not not a true big. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they rarely make mistakes. They just realize they might not have had much to work with as there might not have been as much interest in San Antonio this year. Yeah, it seems like they're going to lose DeMar. It seems like they're going to lose uh, Rudy Gay probably going to lose Patty Mills, and so they might just be prepping for a rebuild. JC, I'm so glad you said the name Patty Mills. That's a player I think this Lakers team would benefit from if they were able to strike a deal. Yeah, as it stands, um, I mean, your backup point guard is THT, and I, I 
I don't know if that's the role they envision him is to ultimately have him be a point guard. Um, you probably want him to be more versatile at this point in his career because he's young. And so, yeah, why not get a true a true point guard uh, to run your backup, which is what Patty Mills has done admirably in San Antonio his entire career. Also a great shooter, three-point shooter, capable scorer. A yeah. couple of key players stay in place, JC. Batum with the Clippers, Portis with the Bucks. Were you surprised that da- that Daniel Tice got nearly $40 million? Because I was, and I was certainly surprised by the team that gave it to him, the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I I thought Houston Houston's aim was to go, I don't know exactly how old Tice is, but he doesn't seem like one of the, the younger players in the league, and they do seem like, like they want to be more athletic. And so I don't necessarily know where, where Tice fits in that role, especially since Christian Wood was playing a lot of their, their big minutes. Um, yeah, that was a surprising one. Reggie Bullock gets more than $30 million to be the Mavericks' new sharpshooter, JC. Blake Griffin stays with the Nets on a one-year deal. Norm Powell gets paid by the Portland Trailblazers five years, $90 million. I know Damian Lillard is watching what Portland is doing very carefully. So far, there isn't a ton home to ton to write home about. Powell's a good keep for them, but at $18 million a year, they're certainly paying for it. Gary Trent Jr., who they actually sent away for Powell, is getting the same amount of money to stick with the Toronto Raptors, three years, $54 million there. Dwayne Dedman also picked up by the Heat today, so the Heat stay in good shape there. Rashawn Holmes stays with the Kings, JC, four years, $55 million. I think that is a very fair deal. I think they actually got a bit of a bargain on that contract. Trey Young signs his rookie extension, five years, over $200 million. Maybe the extension we didn't see coming, but all should have. SGA, five years, $172 million with the Thunder. And then just before we started recording, a potential Lakers target, Otto Porter Jr., signs with the Warriors at the minimum, JC, turning down the mid-level exception elsewhere, per Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, to play with the Bay Brothers and Splash Bros. So, JC, did Otto Porter turn down the Lakers? I don't think so. I think the Lakers are trying to wait and taking a wait-and-see approach on on one of, if not a combination of three players, Buddy Heald, DeMar DeRozan, and Patty Mills. Um, it seems as though I, I think I think they have a great shot at Patty Mills. Um, the thing with DeMar DeRozan and why I keep going back to that is just looking around the league like like the money's dried up. He potentially was, was talking about a pay cut um, in the mid-level range. I think people were talking about you know him getting 18 to 15 million. The teams that can offer that, I don't think are teams that would really interest him. And so, and, you know, the reports were he probably wasn't going to look at a pay cut as drastic as the mid-level exception at $9.5 but if that's all that's there and the Lakers can offer it to him, I don't see why he wouldn't take that. And so that might be what they're waiting for. But, I mean, that seems highly unlikely. I, I just think that's such a hard, that's such a hard dream to dare to dream. I yeah. mean, I know DeRozan would probably take a – I mean, I don't know. But I would assume that DeRozan would take a pay cut to play for the Lakers. But a pay cut is one thing. A pay decimation is another. And I know most people can sit here and say, oh, it's millions of 
dollars. What's the difference? He's already made so much money. I get that stance, but these guys have a limited earning potential in terms of how long their career lasts. They work very hard to get to this level. They provide entertainment. They bring in billions of dollars. You know what? As compared to the owners of this league, the players are really underpaid. So get that money, DeRozan, okay? Get that money, Caruso. Get that money, anyone. That's always going to be my stance. At the end of the day, like I just texted a buddy a few, uh, a couple hours ago, I, you know, he was saying how this Lakers second unit was worrying him. And I said, look, I said, if this Lakers team were able to acquire Buddy Heald, they were able to sign Patty Mills and add Carmelo, would you feel better about it? And he said, well, yeah, that changes the whole bench. And I said, exactly. It's day one, man. So as exciting as it is and as much as you want all the things to happen at once, the last offseason where all the things happened at once for the Lakers was Lou Aldang and Timothy Mozgov. How did that work out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I know in this age of instancy, we all want answers right away but at the end of the day the lakers are making the moves that they need to make and i think it's going to be beneficial for the team and for me jc now that they've added wayne ellington who's clearly going to help on three-point line trevor reza who's clearly going to help defensively dwight howard is going to be that interior uh defensive presence kent Bazemore can be a three and d player okay so lakers have added four players here it's not like they have a whole roster to still build out tht you got to bring back into the fold but outside of that it seems like to me, the plan is pretty clear. Sign and trade Dennis Schroeder for Buddy Heald. Sign Patty Mills at the mid-level, taxpayers' mid-level. And finish it out with Melo on the minimum. And then you're talking about a team, although it looks different on paper than it did last year and looks good on paper, I'd be intrigued to watch, but I think still has something to prove, to say the very least. Yeah, I mean, as much as we like last year, the it, it's nice on paper being able to, to say you've got a team 14, 14, 15 people deep. But, you know, maybe there's something to be said if you can just go for a really solid 12 to 13 deep. And that's what you roll with. We shall see how it shakes out over the next several days, several hours. It's going to move fast and furious. Quick reaction, JC. Do the Lakers acquire Buddy Heald? I think so. I am on the train to jam town, baby. Let's go, buddy. Bring him to the Lakers. I think that'll be a wonderful fit for this team. The Lakers are going to have some big money to carry on the books. But if that's what it's going to take to win the title and make this thing happen, the Lakers got to do what they got to do. I praise Palinka for all the work he does behind the scenes. I praise LeBron for all the leadership he does both in the locker room and amongst the players because those relationships matter. And that's what drives players toward those, toward those ultimate decisions jc healed mills mellow call get ready for training camp bring tht back you got a team worth going to battle with what is that sort of your ideal blueprint as well uh yeah absolutely all right well let's get it done and if it happens in that order jc we both need to go out and buy lottery tickets okay <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> all right guys well we appreciate you listening of course We'll be back more often with the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast with all the things going on. Basketball offseason, a.k.a. the basketball season 1.0, is officially underway. We look forward to being here. Lakers basketball back in business. Of course, subscribe, listen, download our show. Hoop Ball Lakers pod available everywhere that you stream your podcast. You follow him on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. Follow me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. Until next time, we out.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.